rolling. What's happening, y'all? Andy and Zach, we are here for episode 49 of the A to Z No BS Show, and we are getting this one in on a Friday afternoon at my place. <laughs> Coming uh, to you live from Zach's apartment. From my apartment. Um, and we are doing this because this is an in-between episode that we wanted to make sure that we recorded so that we get to 50 episodes for the year. And we were two episodes ahead, like two episodes like in the can for a long time, but uh, I think we kind of messed that up a little bit maybe over Thanksgiving or right before uh, Thanksgiving. Well, scheduling issues, yeah. yeah. So. so all that to say, we're, we're making the ground up just a little bit at a time. And I think it's really cool that we've come this far. And I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're dedicated to getting to 50 before the end of the year. I, um, I agree, especially because when we first started, we didn't really know how far this was going to go at all. And here we are in episode 49. Now, if I remember to publish, and I should because I've been pretty diligent. If I remember to publish this on time, you'll be listening to this podcast on Christmas Eve. Mm, and then number right. 50 lands right on New Year's Eve. So we'll have 50 episodes that have been recorded over the course of 2021, which is pretty cool. Woo. And the last episode landed on the last day of the year. Mm. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. special. That's amazing. pretty amazing. Um, I want to say we started in mid-January. Um, yeah, I can look it up and see when we first published. But yeah. yeah, something like mid-January. Um, yeah, I think so, right? I want to say because... January 15th is when we published the first episode. Oh, then exactly mid-January. Exactly mid-January. Wow. That's yeah. quite an accomplishment. Yeah, 50 we episodes, well, 49 episodes. Yeah. yeah, only took one broken leg, one snapped arm. <laughs> Gallivanting all around Nashville, oh, yeah. drinking. Uh, I mean, you think about it. Fifty episodes—that's a hundred beers times two. Two hundred beers at least have gone into the making of this. Oh, so yeah, two hundred <laughs> beers. So, one broken leg, one broken arm, two hundred beers, six guests. These are the demographics that Spotify really needs to tell us. How many beers have gone into this show? That's pretty impressive. Rain or shine, because there was one where we did, uh, way back in February, we had uh, an episode that was, it was like snowing and sleeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I drove over here to this same exact apartment. That's right. To do, I don't remember what episode it was, probably like eight, something like that. Or not eight, it was probably, um, I don't know, five or six. Yeah, I think so. So, because it's like mid-February. Right, when we had all that snow. I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah, I drove over here in the snow and sleet. Yeah, it was definitely before the leg break, which yeah. was at the end of February. Admittedly, I think the... I don't think we missed an episode for any... Like, we we never missed in that we weren't... We were like, hey, I don't really feel like doing this today. Right. I'm fairly certain. I think the only reason we missed an episode here or there was like a scheduling issue. Like, you were out of town... Or you were sick, I think, once, or something. Yeah. But um, now we've rescheduled like recording to accommodate you know the the yearly calendar of trying to publish fifty. But I don't think we ever skipped one just because we were both like meh. 
Right. Well, I think that's that speaks to obviously our attitude that we take around what we do. And I mean, that has obvious parallels with training. It's like, you know, it's something that we're passionate about, but it's also like there's got to be, I think the threshold of the excuse like is a little bit higher hmm. when it's just something that you've committed to punching the clock for. Right. Yeah. Well, and in fairness, we get to hang out, A, right. and then B, you get to drink beer and C, shoot, shoot the shit. It's not exactly like a monumental task, you know, <laughs> right. um, which I think makes it a lot easier as far as like showing up. Yep. It is easier. I mean, you're a great co-host. If you were a stiff, you were a stiff co-host, I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go do this thing again. It, it would feel yep. like a chore. Right. And I will admit there were some days, that, like, it's, you know, I, I don't know how early you get up, but on Mondays I'm up at like 4.30. So to show up and start podcasting at 4.30 in the afternoon, I'm just like, well. Yeah, you've already I'm, put in your 12 hours. I'm, t- I'm tired. But once we get going, it always goes. And it's always yeah. a good time. So right. hard to argue. Yeah, man. Well, right back at you. The The sentiment is, uh, is the same. I mean... You know, it, when you have the opportunity to, um, you know, to to build fun into a habit, I mean, it's hard to not relate a lot of this stuff back to training. But you know, a big part of of starting a training habit is making it as fun as possible, making it as low barrier to entry as possible all that stuff so like we we've heard the old trope like if you are going to work out at six in the morning lay out your shoes and your workout clothes so that you just slip them on and you're out the door Mm -hmm. Um, i think this is where we come in as as personal trainers it's like i mean i know the vast majority of my clients are more than capable of training by themselves they know a lot some of them they know as much about exercise science as i do Mm -hmm. but the x factor that i bring to the game that i think we bring to the game is providing the uh, environment whether that's in your case an actual brick and mortar gym or just your your presence there it makes it uh fun makes it engaging and it lowers the barrier to entry to where for a lot of people, it's harder to not do something. It's harder to not go to the gym or get that workout in than it is just to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's kind of what we've tried to, consciously or subconsciously, that's, that's what we've done here with the podcast. And I think that's why starting with the, you know, the tape recorders, you know, <laughs> just sitting on the bar, I think I think that's kind of the that represents the low bar, the low barrier to entry, so to speak, that I think was necessary to get the thing off the ground. Well, it's funny you should mention that too, because we had a very similar conversation with the owner of Sons, Kim, what, last week? Or is it this week? Mm. Last week. Technically, whatever. this week. So we talked to the owner of Sons because he um, appeared at least to be interested in what we were like, what we were doing, and how we did it. And I had another, I have another client and a friend, Abby, who's also when when she knew we were doing the podcast, 
she was really interested and she was she was like we should have lunch and you know you can walk me through your process and i was like abby i can walk you through it right now we take a hand recorder and we sit on the table we drink beer and we shoot the shit <laughs> that's literally how we started this um and we told ken the same and now we have a laptop and a microphone so it's a little more you know um, air quotes professional than it was before but but to your point you know we started with a super low barrier and then scaled from there and i think that's important if if we are going to eventually talk about training i was having this conversation today you and you and i both started new clients today mm-hmm. so yeah. a lot of conversation a lot of getting to know each other learning about you know goals and wants and needs and so on and so forth um you know this if we're going to relate it back to training, the this woman today was kind of running me through like her whole thing, like her fitness and her nutrition and the issues that she's running into. And at the end of that conversation, I was like, look, noted. Um, and these are important things. Let's get started with the easiest one, which is the training piece. That's why you're here. You come to work out with me. Let's start with that training piece. And, and this is a common thread. With a lot of people who are um, indecisive or having difficulty making that first step, she was like, you know, between fitness and nutrition, I, like, I just throw, I get confused and I get frustrated and I throw my hands up and I do the wrong things. And I was like, okay, let's do this. You're coming to me twice a week. Let me take that burden from you. Mm. Like now you don't have to think about fitness. You're, right. you're going to be on my whiteboard. You're going to have a workout. I'm going to be here pointing you in the right direction. Now I, I'm going to take ownership of that responsibility, and now you, that frees up some mental space for you to do the things that you're good at, like work stuff, or we can talk about the nutrition piece or whatever. But let me own that. Let me take that off your plate. I'm removing a barrier so that all of this is just a little bit more downhill than before. And so for me in this podcast, that barrier was the beer part. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, it was. I was like, sure. as long as we can drink beer while we do it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Hey, how do you get a dog to sit? Give him a beer. (laughs) A treat. Positive reinforcement. Okay. Yeah, for me, the beer part. Initially, you know, because it's, you know, an minute, middle of the afternoon kind of thing. So at first, when when we first started doing this, I think there was some difficulty, like, like locking it into that schedule. But then once we got it going, I think, A, the accountability, and B, the same time every week, and C, the beer part. I was like, okay, we have now removed any bar- like barriers. We've made this a consistent thing. It's in the schedule. We know we're gonna, you know, where we're gonna meet. We're gonna drink beer, and then everything else is downhill from there. So right. very much a training parallel. Yeah, it's like life or something. We're living it out, <clears throat> living it out in real time. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a meta lesson for for all of our listeners out there. So. Speaking of working with new people, speaking of training people and uh, managing personalities and human behavior and psychology, which is, has really been really what we've been talking about this whole time, um, for one reason or another, you brought up the topic of, um, let's say, difficult or... Uh, clients that um, that that challenge you, challenge you in unique ways. Some ways that you may or may not even want to take on. So where were you going with that? Um, I, uh, I okay. So I do have um, one client currently 
Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't even call her. She's actually very sweet. She's a very sweet client, um, sweet personality. Um, but she's got a lot going on in her life, and she'll and in well, and so here's I have to tread lightly here because let me preface that she's a very sweet woman um, and client. And I do like working with her. On occasion, she comes in at eight o'clock, which is her scheduled time. Comes in a little hot with some with stuff that's going on in her life. Now, let me be the first to say that um, people venting about anything in the gym is not new to me. Like that's part of it. That's part and parcel for this job. Oh yeah. Like it's sure. not you know what we do is not just purely mechanical. Do this lift, great. See you next week. Right. There's you know you get to know people and their personalities and their lives lives and uh, kind of what's going on in their life. Um, there are days where it's just it's a lot like like a lot a lot um and in order to show up for that much um to be that emotional safety net is quite uh, quite the challenge for me some days um again not that it bothers me but it just it takes a little bit out of me it ends up being like both physically demanding because You've, you've never seen me coach people, but when I'm in that gym, I'm moving plates, moving bars. I'm trying to make their workout move as fast and as efficiently as possible. So physically, I'm doing a lot of work. Also mentally and emotionally, in this particular instance, doing a lot of heavy lifting. And so it, it's not so much that she's a difficult client. She just There's some things she's going through, some difficult things she's going through. I'm happy to be the person that she vents to, but it ends up being a challenge sometimes. So yeah. that's one example. I'm going to throw it back in your court because I want to see if you've got one. Oh, well, you're preaching, man. That's that's uh, that's tough. I mean, this is a big part of the game. Um, but, you know, also, if I'm being honest, I'm a stereotypical young red-blooded American male. There's <laughs> like a billion things I would rather do than talk about feelings. Or, t- <laughs> or I'm the opposite. I would love t- to talk about feelings. <laughs> Or, you know, in, well, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because I'm extremely curious and interested in, in people. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, I'm very much affected by people's emotions hmm. and the states that they're in. So sometimes, you know, it's, that's that can be <clears throat> a tricky a tricky part of the gig and i mean obviously we're not robots we're not automatons and this is a person to person um business but yeah i mean there's a difference between you know people who are coming in with regular everyday you know stuff life stuff and then of course the occasional you know wacky life circumstance um, that's a fundamentally different conversation than talking about working with people who are, you know, what you would call maybe energy vampires mm. or people who who overtly uh, put out and feed off of negative emotion. Mm. Complaining is kind of the big one. Um, so I have been lucky in the sense that I haven't had that many clients that have fallen into that category that I've had to work with. Um, but, you know, again, I, I kind of always hearken it back to my time at <clears throat> Lifetime, you know, the corporate big box gym, 
where um, there is no, um, you don't really have very much authority or autonomy over like the clientele that you're attracting, you know, specifically to your training Mm -hmm. because you're just getting the swath of uh, the general population that just come into the gym. So, you know, I've had my fair share of people that were just like, you know, kind of fell into that category and were always, um, you know, tricky fits. But I think at the end of the day, I, I will say that I think I helped all of my clients, probably not as much as I would have hoped, mm-hmm. but I think, I think I helped just about everybody take steps in the right direction. Now, how far they took that after, you know, I moved or they moved on, I, I don't really know. Mm. But that is the cool thing about growing in this industry when you start to develop a reputation for yourself, your own brand, so to speak. And as we were talking about off air, how more and more of your clientele in your business comes in via referrals or word of mouth, you're almost automatically going to get better and better fits for, for, for your clientele. Hmm. So I, um, I don't personally have any horror stories or any any particular examples of people who are totally out of line. I I did train this one gal for off and on for a while who um man, I think I think she she just did a bunch of coke in Hollywood for 5 years and then I guess settled down and had a kid but still very much carried with her that like frantic uh, kind of Hollywood um, vanity soaked hmm. like um, perspective <laughs> so you can imagine how that kind of went over with me oh yeah so but um, but yeah with somebody like that it's just like okay let's just corral you into doing some form or fashion of workout here um, and you know you try to impart basic exercise science concepts on people and sometimes it seems like it's in one ear and out the other Mm. but hopefully at the end of the day you um you know I, i think you always my goal is always just to make at least some impact on the person's day you may or may not be able to impact their entire life who knows but if their day is better because you're in it that's good enough for me um so that's uh, that's that's kind of what I that's kind of what I think about that. But again, granted, I'm at the point now where it's a, it's a real joy. It's a real joy to work with everybody who I've got on the calendar these days. Well, and you know, I think there's there's two parts of this, and I mentioned off air. I think one part is when you have those really excellent clients, personality wise. You know, fitness aside, we're talking about like personalities basically at this point. So, you know, you and I can work with anybody with any abilities or limitations or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about the personality mesh, right? Mm-hmm. I think when you work with phenomenal people, they typically have really great friends. And so, like, they don't, in other words, they don't really associate with shit people. So, if they're going to refer, they're going to refer also, like, cool people. And so, I think there's that part. But I also think, too, and I don't want to under, like, um, discount this i think after training however many thousands of hours that you and i have trained and you know we've grown a little grown a little bit seasoned both in terms of 
our coaching style, our communication style, our personalities, you know, um, our values, so on and so forth. Um, I like. I was thinking about it when you're talking. It's almost like being, um, you know, in like the Western movies when you walk into the saloon, they always hit that door and go swing it open, and then it swings back. Sure, but it swings both ways. <laughs> right. I kind of feel like that with people sometimes. In other words, I'm not so rigid in my personality or my systems or my belief system or value or whatever that there's this incongruent you know impasse like we can't work together Mm. so if i have for lack of a better word a difficult client i've done this a thousand times so i kind of have a better sense of how to navigate this so in other words if they're being if they're challenging me i'm like that swinging door where they sort of push through it real quick and i'm like (laughs) okay come on in (laughs) <laughs> and then I swing back to where I was, and if they want to be difficult, they can go back out the other direction or whatever, and I'll swing wide open and let them. But it's almost like this easier give and take as opposed to maybe in my younger years as a coach, I might have been a little bit more staunch in my belief system, a little more rigid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, as a sidebar, think that sometimes it catches people off guard, how like relaxed I am about most things in the gym. Mm. Like, sure. like technique. I don't really believe in perfect technique. I think technique looks a little bit different for everybody. So I will try to optimize technique, but I don't think that perfect technique exists. And so we don't really, I don't harp on people about exact, precise technique because I don't think I believe in it. I think everybody has, a, you know, slight differences here and there. And as long as we're not, as long as it doesn't look wayward, like if I say I want a one-arm row and it looks like a kettlebell swing... <laughs> you know, I'll, I'm gonna guide you back to to within, like there's like a there's like a span of like probably somewhat dangerous flirting with dangerous technique, and and if perfect technique exists, I just think it's it's out there, you know, you can't touch it, can't find it, it's not tangible, but it's out maybe out there somewhere. It's on the internet. It's on the internet. <laughs> Anyway, you can Google it. You just never actually seen it. Right. There's a little leeway between, you know, risky technique and perfect technique. And I happen to live in that sort of leeway space. And sometimes I think it catches people off guard a little bit because I think their expectation is that I'm going to be super precise and this and this and this and I'm not. And I don't think that being really rigid is a good approach to certain things in the gym. So, again, it goes back to this sort of like swinging door thing where I'm just like, let's just... Let's just get in here and start moving, and then we'll start to guide you in the right direction. So I leave it a little loosey-goosey, at least at first. Like today with my client, she was like, is this exactly right? And I was like, I mean, (laughs) not. No, but like, it's day one. Like, we got room, okay? Like, we're not going to stress about exact technique on day one. We're just playing around in here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's funny. I train... Uh, a woman who was or is a yoga instructor and was very hardcore into um, I think Iyengar yoga for many 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 years and it's my understanding that you know it's if you follow the I guess maybe for lack of a better term the doctrine or you know the, the practice by the book you know all the joint angles, you know, were very, very precise, you know, so always, you know, feet straight ahead, that kind of thing. So when I started training this gal, 
she was like, she was like, oh, my feet, my feet are pointing out. Should I point it back in? I was like, no, don't worry about it. And then, you know, we'd be squatting or something. She goes, I notice your feet are pointing out. What about, are mine good? Yeah, 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 don't worry about it. <laughs> and so, like, for the first, like, I don't know, probably like two months, it was always like, oh, oh, my feet are out. I was like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, oh, my feet are out. And then, then the other day we were doing, you know, some sort of like single leg exercise, a little bit of balance work. You know, she lost her balance a few times. And she, she said, oh, I'm sorry. You know, she said that a couple times. And I was like, well, lucky for you, I am not personally offended <laughs> by you losing balance a couple times. So you don't have to apologize. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's funny. It's kind of like another side of the coin. It's like people who maybe, again, maybe consciously or maybe subconsciously think that you're there to like, like be this all-knowing judge like you're there to judge the movement maybe judge them as people um and yeah it's it's funny it's it's again i don't know i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people who are like super into that and maybe kind of want or need that but of course i think the vast majority of people when they it's probably a sigh of uh relief when it's like oh here's somebody who's here to help me again we're here to take it one step at a time but it's like I'm not doing anything wrong. And I think that's another big point. It's like once you once you're in the gym, you haven't done anything wrong. Right. You know, as long as you're well, I don't even I hesitate to even say this, but as long as you're here, you're not doing anything wrong. I like that you because I was thinking about this, <clears throat> and this could be a tangent or this could be like the second part of this, because I want I want to stay on topic, but a second part of this podcast or maybe a different episode. Um, when we um sometimes uh, either intentionally or accidentally apply almost like a morality mm. to fitness or nutrition. And this can look like a number of different things, but like like saying right technique versus wrong technique or, you know, perfect technique versus wrong technique or, uh, you know, um, clean foods or healthy foods versus bad for you foods. It's almost like assigning these... Um, these rules like like you're a child like uh mm. like these are off limits because my parents said that they, they didn't give me permission to eat pizza or whatever i think fitness is rife with these sort of like moral compass sort of um uh, uh this sort of language mm -hmm. and i'm careful not to use it again like a, if, a, if a client is like oh you know is my technique okay and if it's not great I'm not going to say, no, it's bad or no, it's wrong. I'm going to be like, it, you know, we can clean it up a little bit. It's probably, let's try this to optimize it. We're going to make right. it more optimal. But we're not looking for perfect because it's not attainable. And I don't believe in saying it's wrong or that's bad or whatever. It's probably just less optimal. And, that, and I'll literally use that language in the gym. It's probably less optimal. Um, and we're going to move towards more optimal. But we're not looking for perfect or whatever. So um, I think, again, and nutrition is probably worse than, like, let's say the gym, uh, where, uh, and, and this is very complicated. I got into this conversation with this new client today. Um, I think this is why, like, eating disorders exist in some way. I mean, eating disorders are, are complex. I'm not going to reduce it down. But I think one 
part of eating disorders comes from like the societal pressure of good, bad, healthy, clean, dirty, unclean, whatever. It's like this weird application of words to food. Mm-hmm. Um, again, might be a sidebar um, podcast topic, but um, to go back to the difficult clients thing, because I did say I want to stay on track. Um, I have three, and I'll be brief because two are similar. We've talked before about my one. This is the reason that this was difficult for her and I is that, you know, Zach, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Zach and I can only help what we know, right? So, in other words, if you're trying to, I'm going to correct you. Okay. Uh, all right, so I can only help. I won't speak for Zach. I can only help what I know. So if you want to get strong, if you show up to the gym consistently and you want to get stronger, and, and right now every single person in my gym, all 30 of them, are moving the needle every week. So they are definitely getting stronger. If they want to lose some fat, that a lot of that comes from the nutrition side of things. Here's the difficult, here's my hang up. I can't help you with the nutrition if I don't know what you're doing. And so if you won't communicate with me or in in this particular instance, this client would do none of my, she was asking for my expertise. I was giving her what I knew. She wouldn't do it. In other words, she, and she, so she wanted to lose some belly fat. All right, fine, perfect. But she wouldn't track her calories. She wouldn't do a food log. She wouldn't take pictures of her food. She wouldn't... Um, you know, any other tool that I could throw at her. She wouldn't do it. And then was blaming me for her lack of progress. And I, I, this is where things got really difficult because I was like, I can't help you if I don't know what you're doing. I can't guide you. So if you're giving me nothing to work with, and all she would give me is that, and these are this is what she said, and I air quotes it or, or quote it, I eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And would just throw her hands up. And I was like... I, I don't know what that means. What, is, what does that mean? Because like, again, going back to the morality thing, I was like, is, what does healthy look like for you specifically? Maybe there's something in there that you think is healthy that we could probably tweak or whatever. But she wouldn't give me any information. So we can't help what we don't know. So you said you're going to correct me though. <laughs> I was just I was just kidding. Oh, because you corrected me last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, may, so, uh, and that's not exactly where I thought you were going. So that actually, what you said makes more sense than what I had plotting in my mind. Um, yeah, I mean, you can help people like on accidents without knowing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, but purposefully, obviously you're, you can't just be swimming up a, a creek without a paddle and not know what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, for someone who's, Someone like that, and I think you brought up that particular story before, that sounds like a person who is, um, I don't know, maybe purposefully self-sabotaging or has other stuff going on. Sure. And, you know, probably, you know, it's like we're, we're problem solvers, uh, I, I think. As, as coaches um, and maybe as, um, you know, stereotypically masculine dudes, it's like, here's a problem, we can fix it. Mm-hmm. Or we're, that's, speaking for myself, like that's 
is how my brain works. Oh, you have a problem? Here's here's a solution. Oh, you're not interested in the solution? I don't know if I can help you. Right. <laughs> you know, or or some or some variation of that of that um, that conversation. Now, obviously, we have to massage that for for different people in different circumstances. But yeah, I, I mean that's tricky because it sounds like that person actually needs like a, I, and of course I'm, I I don't know what I'm talking about here, but I would imagine that person probably could use like therapy with you know a mental health professional, <coughs> not iron therapy in the in the, in the gym, <laughs> you know, right. just, despite what some people claim, right. Um, which is, I think, another fun thing that either you posted about recently, or You're maybe talking I'm, about my um, my maybe, meme that I posted. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Somebody said something about. Um, I was reading like, uh, like the gym is not your therapy. Therapy is your therapy. Oh, I like something so, something like that. I like that. <laughs> I, in mine, I wrote. Um, I I quoted uh, in the meme that I wrote was, um, the gym is my therapy until. It, you know, doesn't fucking work like that is what I wrote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe that was you. Um, yeah. So, no, and you're right. Um, and, and this was one of those weird... And, and it's difficult, right? Because knowing my role in this con- particular conversation with this client was being difficult, I can't just throw my hands up and be like, you need therapy. You know, we're problem right, solvers. Right. So the problem with being a problem solver is I was very good at math. Really good at mm. math. My mom wanted me to be an accountant. Now I, just, now I just count in 45s and 25s and 10s. <laughs> but, you, but you do not count reps. I don't count reps. Mm. I don't, at this point, I don't have to. I have too many people in the room. i got too much going sure, on. Sure, sure. You, you've um, got a good experience. Unless it's a PR, and we set PRs all the time. I had a client set a PR. I had a couple clients set PRs today. One of my clients pulled 135 on the trap bar for six, which is way new territory for her. And then another client, Marcus, who's married to Abby, I mentioned earlier on this podcast, he pulled 275 for 10 wow. on the trap bar this morning. I do count those. When it is a PR, when it's a, like, let's go, send it, I do count those. But everything else, no. When you're witnessing the fitness? When I'm witnessing the fitness. And we do witness the fitness in there. Even Catherine was like, go Marcus, because she, she's new to the group. <laughs> so it was it was really exciting. And so anyway, well, tangent. Congrats. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, going back to the whole math thing, if you give me an equation with a bunch of numbers and variables and you say solve for X, I can do that. I know how to do that. But if you give me nothing and then you say solve for X, I'm like, well, I don't really have a lot to go on here. So I can't solve for X if I have nothing else to work with. So it's kind of like that. Like, yeah, if I can use mathematics as an example. So um, yeah, I won't belabor this story because we've talked about it before on the podcast, but, but that was a difficult one because she was asking me to solve a problem without giving me any sort of information and I can't do that. And yeah. so anyway, yeah, something else going on there. Yeah. And then the other two, it was two men that happened to work out in the same building. Um, they were difficult only in that, um, again, I, you know, I'm limited by my role. And I like it. We've talked about this before. I love my role, and I know where it starts and where it ends. And both of these guys had aches and pains right and left, like just all the time. Mm. And so the difficulty started with hearing about it. Now, on the one hand, I need to know. On the other hand, if every single time I see you, which is twice a week, it's this hurts, this hurts, this hurts, 
this hurts, this is going on. I'm like, okay, well, we'll modify here and here and here, and you know, we'll see what we can do. And so we do. Multiply that by months on end, and after a while, you're like, we can't make a lot of forward progress because you have all these aches and pains. And I'm doing my best as a coach to like modify and tweak things. But if you're in so much pain all the time, like I, there's not a lot I can do with like that's outside my scope of practice. Go see a physical therapist, get diagnosed, get seen, and then let me call them. So, and that's exactly what I do is you go see a physical therapist, you give them permission for me to speak with them because I have to have legal permission to do that. And then I call them and I'm like, Hey, this is what we'd like to do. What are you seeing that can be helpful? The irony of this conversation, sidebar, there's a coach out in Brentwood that we did this exact thing. We talked on the phone to try to sort of like work with the same, his patient, my client. And he was so impressed by the conversation. He wanted to hire me over one phone call. He didn't, but that's how low the bar is in this. Industry. Well, maybe, I mean, a, not to take away from you being a great guy, a great coach, all that, all that good stuff, but you're right. I mean, that should be like that. That should be like the standard, the gold standard. I mean, Hell, I mean, half the people who train should probably get a, <clears throat> excuse me, a referral to a physical therapist of at some point, right? But, um, but yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. And it's, you know, speaks to your um, your uh, your confidence as a coach because it's like you know your lane, you know your scope of expertise, you know the scope of expertise that other professionals have, and how that could benefit your client which is what's most important at the end of the day right well and you know we had leah on the podcast last week um she goes to see aaron we talked about it she goes to see aaron now she loves that and she gets really great results out of it and so she keeps going back whenever she needs it so on and so forth and she's killing it and she even said on the podcast how great she feels and how well she performs the these typical guys it was almost like we were treading through mud wearing concrete boots and I was just like, like, what, what am I doing here? Like, we're trying to like witness fitness, but you're in, you have so many aches and pains that it's just slowing us down and you won't go get seen. So it's just a, like week after week, month after month of just, of what? And this might go back to the therapy thing, like the mental health therapy thing. Why are you existing in a life of pain when you don't have to? We have resources for y'all to be fit and healthy and pain-free. And again, I can only modify so many times before, and maybe this is what I should have done. Maybe I should have just been like, no, I'm not coming to see you until you go get physical therapy on your elbow or your back or whatever it is, because I can't keep showing up and modifying and taking your money and knowing that we're just treading through mud wearing concrete boots. This is like... This should be a walk in the park, not a slog. And and your inability or unwillingness to go seek out some, some help that I can't give you is slowing everything down. And so it's frustrating because on the one hand, my job is to help. That's what I'm there for. And on the other hand, if you're quite literally throwing up barriers by not being seen by a qualified you know, uh, therapist... It's making my job that much more difficult and, and your goals that much further out of reach. If, if Yeah, and it's just, and after a while, you just want to shake them and be like, stop. 
Like, we're going to stop lifting. I am not coming back here to see you, or you're not coming into my gym until you go get seen. And then we'll keep going. But until then, I'm not going to keep doing this. Because I'm not helping. Apparently, I'm not helping. Right. This this is just shit. We're just slogging through shit just because. And I don't like that. I like like people to get results and to feel good. If for whatever reason, and sidebar, both of these guys are incredibly sedentary on their own. So that didn't help their cause. So that's the other part, too, is like, again, going back to teed up for success. Again, Zach and I can only do so much, but we can give you advice, like see a physical therapist to, to check out that ache and that pain. You know, go for a long walk in nature or whatever. Go for a walk, drink more water, be physically active. Like, here are the tools so that you can reach your goals and live a hopefully pain-free life. If you actively ignore them, it, it just again, it becomes more challenging for you and I as coaches to, to work through that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, as wide as our, uh, or as, as deep as our toolbox runs, we can't help everybody with everything. You can't save them all, Hasselhoff. Isn't that what the gerbil in uh, Dr. Doolittle used to say? I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years. It, it just came to me. <laughs> it just came to me. Oh. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, yeah, we have a passion for helping people. Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day, you know, like I was saying, I I just started with working with a new in-person client, which, you know, my schedule was kind of stretched thin, uh, you know, as it is, you know, I'm the only one at this table that doesn't have the luxury of owning his own gym. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to kind of pal around town a little bit, um, and I'm happy to do so, um, but uh, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so I, I started with a new in-person client this morning. I think she's gonna be great, um, but I won't I won't belabor that point. But I was thinking on the way home, it's like, you know, it's um, it, this is like the first new in-person client that I think I've you know onboarded or started with since before the pandemic, for sure. Hmm. Probably even you know a lot, you know, a number of months more than that. So. Yeah, I was kind of in a little bit of a reflective mood driving home this morning, you know, thinking about the nature of, you know, my days, my day in, my day out, my schedule, et cetera, et cetera. You know, over 10 years into the career at this point, we're wrapping up the year. It's a little bit of a time for, you know, reflection and thought and all that stuff. So, yeah, and I was just thinking, you know, it's... um, it's a, it's a real blessing that we get to do this gig where we can help so many different people, so many different types of people with really with so many different things. Because of course, fitness means different things to different people in different points in, in your life. So that's something that's really, really special. And uh, it's great how we can use, um, some might call like the simple toolbox of fitness, but it can, it can really run deep. All that being said, um, we also have to like know where we uh, where we just can't be of help anymore, hmm. and where we're maybe standing in the way of somebody making the progress that they you know need to make. Mm-hmm. You know, it's <laughs> probably no surprise that you know some people might 
you know, use going to the gym or maybe even going to see their personal trainer or whatever as an inappropriate substitute for going to a therapist mm-hmm. or, you know, fill in the blank, you know? So I, I think that's kind of a, a tricky thing that, you know, maybe people of other professions can, can relate to, but I think certainly in personal training, we can start to be like, you know, am I becoming more of a liability for this person? You know, taking up their time and their money where it's like nobody's getting any value out of this. Mm. You know, that's um, that's a hard conversation. And thankfully, I don't think it, it happens very often, but um, it's something that, you know, I think you should nip in the bud as early as possible. Um, and if you can't, you know, I don't like the idea of firing clients, um, but it's certainly an option that I think can and should be on the table if you know you find yourself in that circumstance hmm. and have you ever fired one no Mm-mm. me neither there have been times where i wanted to not oh, sure. lie, but i didn't yeah. and, that, and, and that's just tricky again going back to like what our job is to help people firing them is quite literally absolving <laughs> myself of my job <laughs> you know well hey maybe firing them could be the best thing you could do for them well maybe um, well, you know, and I had a couple clients that didn't come with me to the new gym and I hope that they find what they're looking for elsewhere. That's the thing too, is I, I probably <coughs> in my like younger years would have taken a little bit more personal personally, but at the same time, maybe it would be nice to like, especially if you've been with a certain client for years, it might be nice for them to leave and go try something else with someone else who's a different perspective or just a fr- like fresh ideas. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if, if Later down the road, you can, you know, cross paths again. That's cool, too. But um, I no longer, you know, um, sort of dwell on that. I just let it go. I'm just like, okay. Especially now in the new gym, I just don't have time for it. That sounds... But I've got 30 people that are showing up regularly and killing it. And so they're my major focus. They're the ones that I'm pouring all of my energy into. And so if I have, you know, I've had former clients that I wanted to come over to the space. And when they when they didn't or, or sort of balked at the idea, I just cut them loose. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. best of luck moving forward. I have just, But I have too much invested emotionally, physically, financially in my own space to worry about so-and-so who's sort of waffling on the idea. I'm like, okay, you figure it out, call me. You know where I, where I am. So mm-hmm. I think those are easier to... Uh, I didn't. We didn't fire. The circumstances changed, but those are the easier ones to let go for me now. Again, because I have thirty some odd people in a gym space that's killing it, and I pour a lot into that space. I just don't have the time and energy or effort to chase people down that don't want to be there, and I'm not going to. Yep, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And that's. Yeah, that is that is a good place to be, and it takes time and effort, and I mean. Again, just putting in the the hours with clients to develop your own style, to know who you work best with, all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, over the course of time, uh, I don't even like to think that, I don't even like to phrase it as in like, you can be choosy with clients, even though I think that is the case. But yeah, it just, you, you hit a point where, you're 
you're in your process, you're in the business, you're taking care of so many people. And it's like your bandwidth for chasing people down just dries up at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if people want to be there. I've always said, you give me an inch, I'll give you a mile. But if you're not even putting in any sort of effort, it's like this isn't, you know, this isn't the uh, the right fit. And I think, you know, ultimately that's kind of a good dynamic to have because inherently, I think having that drive on the clientele side is important. Like, oh, I need to be showing up. I need to be taking on some responsibility and showing some initiative and drive and, and all that stuff. I need to be bringing something to the table more than just my cash. Right. You know, and then obviously someone who understands that attitude and and brings their a game no matter where their a game is in the you know in the grand scheme of things you as a coach are there to just you know take them to the moon and back mm-hmm. you know but they gotta they gotta jump in the spaceship right the you know funny thing we, we sort of wrap up this conversation when my wife left gym five so you and i still train at gym five she had a membership at Gym 5 for a while, and then she left and went to the Y, and she was commenting. I think it was her. It was either her or somebody else was commenting. They're like, yeah, when I left, they, they never said anything. They never asked me why. <laughs> and on the one hand, again, now that I own this gym, I, I can kind of – this is my perspective on it. On the one hand, I think as a business, it might be a good idea to reach out. Like a singular phone call. Hey, we see that you're canceling your membership. Um, love to chat with you if there's anything that we can do differently or better based on your experience we would love to hear your thoughts in other words if she quit because she it was dirty or whatever like something about the space then that's feedback that they can use to improve Um, so on the one hand I give her credit I think that a singular phone call on the other hand same thing Gym 5 is busy they have a vast membership base if you don't want to be there, you don't want to be there. And that's fine. Catch it loose. Just let it go. And so I think it, it makes it a little easier as a business owner to be like, I'm not going to do all the legwork to chase you down and find out why you don't want to be here. You said you don't want to be here. You cancel your membership. Great. Best of luck. So um, as a small, much smaller business owner, if a client suddenly quit on me, I would follow up and be like, okay, you know, what could I have done differently, done better? Um, do you want a referral for somebody else that might be better suited for your needs? But at the Gym 5's level, I don't really blame them for not chasing them down. So, anyway. Yeah. I mean, especially considering that it's just, it's basically the owner is one guy. Yeah. And then there's a small, I mean. Probably, what, 10 staff members? I think there's one, maybe maybe the one guy who's like the full-time manager. And then, obviously, you know, the staff of front desk and trainers and whatnot but it's i mean it's a small crew it's right. a super small crew and again over the course of time you know what you stand for you know the product that you're putting out you're confident and grounded in that um, if there's an actual problem that's something that obviously needs to be sought out and addressed but otherwise it's like hey it's it becomes very simple you know it's like you know what you're gonna get and uh, yeah, if you quit, it's like 
we hate to see you go, but obviously you know what we're all about. You've experienced the product. If it's not for you, that's fine. Right. Right. And I think that is important too. And it's not like a snooty, like, oh, like, oh, we're this product, like this gym, this product. They, they just know who their crowd is. Right. Like, right. and it's pretty, it's obvious when you and I go in there, we, it's obvious who their crowd is. And you know, for some people that's not their crowd and that's fine, but they know who, what, like what they are, who they are, what they stand for. And a lot of people love it. Some people probably don't. And that's probably, you know, they're pretty happy with that. Yeah. So, um, okay, real quick to finish on. I'm going to catch you off guard. Anything that clients, old or brand new, surprise you with? Not like a, not like a gift. Like, here you go. Like, <laughs> like yesterday, a client brought me banana bread. Not like that. I'm talking about like... I was going to say, we're currently snacking on one of my I should have brought Christmas my banana games. bread. You should have. We I, had dude, a real... I, I, this is how forgetful I've been all week. I left it <laughs> sitting on, on the bench next to the door with all of my other stuff. Yesterday, I was like, I'm going to take that home. I am not forgetting it. Guess what I forgot at the gym yesterday? The banana bread. But uh, yeah, it was there this morning. So I brought it today. Um, so I did get it. And Mar- Marcus, the guy I mentioned earlier, 275 for 10, bought, brought me, uh, he did uh, pork shoulder last mm. weekend. He brought me a container on Wednesday. Guess how long it took to get home? Today. <laughs> so anyway. Um, all right. Anything that you're like again, old clients or new clients that surprise you? Anything that they say, anything that they do, how they move, the weight they move, whatever. Anything have you ever been like caught off guard and been like, whoa, that's awesome. Okay. Here's one. Here's one that kinda of happened somewhat recently. I don't know if this is what you're the tree that you're trying to bark up, but um I've been training this guy. He's uh, he just turned sixty, um, and he's he's one of the core. He's he's the first dude who I started training there in that neighborhood. That then kind of turned into, you know, the brothers and the whole rest of the family. That way, right? This right. is this is the first guy. So we've been working together now for f- uh, four years, maybe. What year is this? Maybe five years? I don't know. I guess probably four. But in any case, um, very in-shape guy, has always pretty much handled pretty much everything I've thrown at him. I didn't realize till uh, a couple months ago that he was like a semi-professional rugby player. Well, He had a, um, a, just an overall stellar athlete. Like he got a scholarship to play college football. Wow, okay. That he did not take. But he played rugby through uh, college and was very, very good and played in a league after college and was really good and played internationally. That's cool. Yeah. And was like a champ at, you know, just a crack athlete in, in a bunch of different respects. And um, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know about it until... He was mentioning like, yeah, I'm I'm hosting a um, rugby reunion party with my, you know, it's like whatever anniversary for like the rugby association, whatever. And I thought it was like a high school thing or, you know, whatever. But then like talking to the rest of the family, they were like, oh yeah, he could have been like a professional rugby player if he was, you know, if he didn't obviously have some of the other prospects that he 
sure. <laughs> that he doubled down on. Um, but yeah, yeah. So he was like a he was like a um, a real real athlete. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, and that was that was a it was a surprise to me. Not a total. I mean, looking back, it's like wow, this guy can he can move super strong, all that stuff. But yeah, I had no idea. Hmm, that's super cool. So that's that's a little something. The only I, and I asked you, and I don't know if I have like a really concrete example, but I, well, I have a, uh, some generic ones. Mostly the the PRs in the gym space. Most of my clients have been setting PRs right and left every day. There's a new PR in that space, which is really cool. Um, and not that I'm not so much surprised because the human body adapts, and so that's why we're there, and we move the needle. I think I'm sometimes surprised at the overall like like today, like Marcus pull was pulling 275. When he gets to five or six, I thought he was going to quit. Mm. I just I just was watching his body, watching his demeanor. And I was like, I think five or six would be solid. Now, this is weight he'd never even come close to. I think the most recent one was like 255. So we are in a whole nother, you know, realm of weight. And seven went, eight went, nine went, ten went, and then he set it down. And I was like, buddy, that was amazing. Like, same with Leah the other day. We talked about it. Everybody in that room is setting PRs right and left, and it's really inspiring and really fun. Especially because, again, you and I have talked about this. Setting PRs for you and me is like on the scale of a year, not right. not every month anymore. So, well, I mean, well, now that we've been injured, maybe. But post injury PRs, post injury PRs. But on but in a healthy year, if we're doing everything right, we will set some PRs. But it takes the year of doing it, probably ish. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but then I had two new clients this week. One she's been a couple times now, and then a brand new one today. Neither of them had ever formally spent time in a gym ever hmm. one of them is 40 played soccer at firm and is a pediatrician she moves incredibly well like the fact that she played soccer in college is the only indication for like her overall athletic ability but like i was teaching her a kettlebell swing and she nailed it like not perfect perfect again i don't believe in perfect but pretty fucking good considering she had never, A, formally trained ever in a gym, and B, was learning how to do a kettlebell swing, and she made it look really good. In other words, her body awareness and like how she can conceptualize what we're doing in the gym is pretty amazing, as if she's been doing it and just lies to me about it. <laughs> Honestly, it's like that. Um, and then the same, and, and when, you know, she's got youth on her side, again, she's 40. So she's got youth, relative youth on her side. Whereas my client today is in her 60s, but same thing. Teaching her a kettlebell deadlift, did great. Bodyweight squat, excellent. Split line, like an inline split squat, whatever. Now she had something to hang on to because she's very unstable, but killed it. Again, And then, you know, learning how to do a push-up off of a bar. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> couple of little tweaks here and there. So her body, like, it surprises me sometimes. Not that I, like, judge new people coming in, but I have no idea what I'm working with. But right. sometimes people surprise me in their body awareness and their ability to move, considering their complete lack of direction in the weight room ever. I'm like, Shh. it's Honestly, it's really easy for me as a coach. I'm like, shit, dude, we are already, like, jogging. We're not talking about crawling before walking we're kind of on a little nice jog already so this yeah. is fun so it's, it's that kind of stuff people will surprise me in, in terms of their abilities and they'll surprise me 
And I think only in this gym and only in the small group, how hard they'll push themselves. Mm. And we've discussed this in that space with people, the camaraderie, the accountability, the familiar faces. I think I get about 5 to 10% more oomph out of everybody. And it shows. I think if Marcus and me had been working out, just me and him, he might have stopped at 5 or 6 like I thought he would. But, you know, his wife was watching, Stephen was watching, I was watching, Catherine was watching. He went after it. And so um, I think that's been, honestly, that's been the most surprising and most rewarding in that space is just seeing people move well when they've never been given direction and move a lot when they would otherwise maybe, you know, quit or sandbagger or whatever. Um, I had a client show up hungover yesterday he made, at 6.30 in the morning. He made it a point to show up to the workout despite being like colossally hungover. <laughs> I was really proud of him for it. And so, again, people surprise you sometimes. Yeah. So, it was good. Love that. Yeah. Well, dig it, man. Well, what a wild ride it's been. Oh, we got one more. Are we going to do things we learned next week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I got to think so. about it. And by so. think about it, I mean as I'm driving over on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, it's time to get back on the grind. We have more clients to work with today. Mm. And by we, I mean you, myself. So again, hey, if you've been with us for a long time or the first time, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. A to Z, no BS. We will see you next time. Goodbye.